Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. It's LSU taking on Northwestern State Saturday night in Tiger Stadium, coming off a big win over Texas. But this week, they kind of get a little bit of a reprieve from the tough schedule as Northwestern State uh, rolls into Tiger Stadium. Uh, we're not going to really preview too much of this game because, look, Northwestern State, not very good. Uh, so we're going to really focus on uh, what we want to see out of LSU, some of the younger players that are going to get into uh, the game and then break down some of the recruiting and off-the-field storylines in that regard. With Shay Dixon and Sonny Ship joining me, Billy Embody, now on the Go 24-7 podcast. Fellas, uh, thanks for uh, jumping on with this pod. Always, man, always. I'm kind of disappointed, though, that you uh, slighten the demons right, you know, a little bit. You know, I spent a year up in Natchitoches, uh, some of those, I know some of those folks are going to be making their way to Baton Rouge, and I'm going to be sure and point out Mr. Embody to them. Wait a minute. You went, you did UL and Natchitoches? Yeah, man. I started off in Natchitoches, and then I made my way down to Lafayette. Ah, uh, the untold. We've uncovered it now. You're a deep, you're actually, yeah. you're, you're like Coach O. You're an actual, well, he started at LSU and then went to Natchitoches. So. Well, that's where my arrest record originated from, so I had to uh, wipe that slate clean. Yeah, yeah. No, you go sponged. back to <laughs> uh, Well, uh, look, I mean, Ed Ogeron uh, gave them enough praise uh, uh, on uh, Monday for getting uh, his degree uh, from there. So, uh, you know, kudos to Coach O for getting the degree there, Sonny. Looks like Coach O's got you, man. He got the degree from from uh, Northwestern State, brother. Yeah, man. I bolted. I bolted. That's all right, though. I've got that. Uh, I got that degree hanging on the wall from the last class at the University of Southwestern Louisiana. Ooh, that's that's like a historic piece. That's of, a dude. Do you know what that's going to be worth one one day? A lot more than my general studies degree. <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, Northwestern State. I'm sure they'll they'll be uh, partying and have a good time down in Baton Rouge, uh, at least pre and post game. Uh, might not be that pretty though, uh, unfortunately for them. I, I gotta admit, um, this is one where I think we're gonna see a little bit of the LSU first team, and and then uh, give it to uh, the younger guys uh, for the most part. Though I, I think the LSU offense coming up, I mean their best performance in in years really against Texas. Uh, Shay, this is one where you're going to see Joe Burrow for a bit, you're going to see Jamar Chase, you're going to see some of the starters and Terrace Marshall, and then really it's going to be probably Miles Brennan's show for the better part of a half, I think. Yeah, I think that, I mean, on Monday at practice, Burrow didn't do anything. Now, granted, it's a walkthrough the day after, you know, two days after a game, so they're not doing anything anyways, but uh, Tuesday, Wednesday practices, uh, into Thursday, it was evident that Miles Brennan was getting a lot of work in. Uh, Peter Parrish was getting work in. And remember, with the new redshirt rule, Peter Parrish can play. You know, as long as he doesn't play in more than four games, he still takes a redshirt like Miles Brennan did a year ago. So, um, but not to spend too much time on Parrish. I think everybody wants to see Brennan. Um, and for me, uh, I'm curious about the skill players around him. How long do they keep the offensive line in, the first team? Like if, if they go up 21 nothing, you know, on their first three possessions, and it's clear that the game's out of reach. Um, look, I don't, I didn't do the preview for it, and, but I could go back and look. Did was it Midland State? Who did they lose to last week? Midwestern State. 
Midwestern State, and they lost by a lot. Thirty-three to seven. Yeesh. So, and that's and that's an FCS team because I've never heard of them, so I know they're not FBS. So that's what we're that's what we're dealing with here. So I'm assuming that they can get up by about twenty something points. Then I would bet it's it's Brennan time. Um, I'm just curious of how long do you immediately take all five starting alignment out as well, or do you do you keep them in there for a little bit longer and give them some rhythm? Yeah, I think you know I. I I'm with you. Initially, I was saying, you know what? You get up two quick scores, 14 nothing. Bring Brennan in, give him a series. But but you probably want to see Burrow get at least three series, just to, you know, just to get a little time out there. Um, you know, you push all the Heisman hype and all that talk to the side because you know none of that really means anything against a team like Northwestern. Who cares if he goes out there and only throws for 140 yards or whatever? You know, the key and, and Burrow would be the first to tell you is that look, let's get Miles some reps. Let's get Miles some valuable reps to where he can go against Northwestern State's first team defense. He can get some reps with the first team offensive line. And then you, you know, then you pick and choose your spots. Uh, you pick and choose your spots to where you bring Charles Turner in, maybe mix and match on the O line a little bit, and uh, you know, just hope that you, hope that you don't get any, uh, that you don't get any kind of injuries. But I, but I'm with you 100%. You know, a good, a great time to give Peter Parrish, you know, two, three drives in the fourth quarter, let him throw the ball, you know, a few times and stuff. So. Definitely uh, Devonta Lee, Trey Palmer, all those guys, get them some reps, get them some action because you got Vandy next week, then you have a bye, and then you, you know, and then the schedule starts picking up with Utah State, Florida, Auburn, and that SEC gauntlet. So who knows how many more times you're going to have to get some of these young guys uh, some reps like you did against Georgia Southern in the opener. You know, Billy, I'm curious and Sonny. How do you handle run? Like, does Clyde even play? Do you play Clyde for a couple? I mean, how are you handling Chris Curry, Edward Zilair, and excuse me, uh, Chris Curry, Davis Price, and Emery when you've also got Fournette? Like, is this a game where like Fournette's about to get get a bunch of touches? I'm trying to figure out. I would think that they've seen what they can get from Fournette. They want to see what they get from the other guys. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think this is a game, and, and I would I would treat Clyde just like I would treat Joe Burrow, but maybe a series less. You know, give Clyde give Clyde the first couple of series, let him call it a night. If you you know if you if you get up if you get up fourteen nothing, come with you know, go with whatever your running back rotation is. You know, was against Texas, obviously. Yeah, they want a reward for net being a senior, sticking around and things like that. You know, give him a series and then work your freshman rotation in. But once you, you know, once you get 21, once you get 28, once you get Fournette a few touches, I think you need to go to those freshmen and you need to, you know, you need to give them some opportunities. You need to give John Emery an opportunity to show whether or not he can, you know, he can pass block, he can pick up the blitz in a game. You need to see uh, Tyrion Davis Price. You need to see if Chris Curry just runs over people like he did, you know, like like he, you know, threw the big, big lick on Kenan Jones in the spring game. Had a nice run again in the opener against Georgia Southern. And because I think you need to start to work out that that running back rotation because we all like uh, we all love the name Fournette. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, Fournette and LSU is going to be. 
uh, synonymous with LSU football history for a long time, unfortunately because of his older brother. But you still want to reward him. You still want to kind of keep him involved. And there's still some things that he can do in this offense. But when it comes to to being able to run your whole offense and not just a swing pass here or not dictate that you're going to throw the ball on this down right here, I think you really have to look at those three freshmen, and in particularly your two true freshmen, and and, and give them a chance to, uh, you know, give them a chance to get some game reps, get them the chance to get some reps against, uh, you know, a defense and guys who want to, you know, uh, clean their clock, not take it easy on them in practice, and uh, you know, this is definitely one of those games to where you just you want to. See what you can get from these guys against Utah State, against uh, Mississippi State, against Vandy, you know. And once you get down later on in that schedule, because you know something happens, and Clyde go, you know, and Clyde goes down next week against Vanderbilt. He's out three or four games. I'm sorry, but Lenard Fournette's not going to be your number one back, and he's not going to be your answer against Utah State or against Florida. You know, it's going to have to be one of those one of those freshmen, and likely one of those true freshmen. Yeah, and 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 look, I, I I'm with you. I'd love to see John Emery uh, get more touches, Tyrion Davis Price get more touches. I know in the past Ed Odron has been kind of wary at times of true freshmen, but those are two of the best running backs in the country from last year's recruiting cycle. And, and for Emory, and we saw it in game one, that just extra wiggle, that, that explosiveness that he brings to the table is just – Lenard got tackled for, I think, a one-yard gain, maybe, maybe you know, no gain on a swing pass that he took against Texas, and he tried to make a cut, and he got, you know, uh, he got tackled. I don't think Emory gets tackled in that, in that scenario, and then he could break it for a bigger gain, a first down – and so much of when they're in the game with, with Lenard, you know pass is coming, and it's coming right to him uh, for the most part. So I think getting those guys that game experience, and especially over the next few weeks, like you said, is critical. Uh, for me, it, it's just a chance to, to bring in uh, difference makers and, and get them those game experience because uh, they, they can just break the big one, and that's something that Lenard just he doesn't bring to the table. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think that what we saw in the Texas game, and Orgeron has said it twice now, yeah, we know that there's, there's a time, and it begins this week, to figure out what our running back room is. It, and in week one, 14 dudes got you know caught a ball. Every running back caught a ball. Every running back got touches. But we didn't learn enough then. Nobody gets caught up to speed enough then to go to Texas in that environment in a back-and-forth game to take any risks. And I've, I, I said it on the board. We can sit here and pick it apart, but as soon as they put the inter-X freshman here into the game and he misses a block and Joe Burrow you know, gets cleaned out of the game or he fumbles the football or something like that, we're going to be the first ones to say, why, why don't you just have Clyde or Lenard in there? At least they're not going to mess it up. So I think these next, what, three games are gonna, before Florida are going to be a good chance for them to, uh, to go ahead and, uh, and sort of make an impact uh, or at least feel out, uh, as you guys said, what is the order? What, what do guys do best? And, uh, and then go from there. But, uh, look, Billy, for me, as much as, uh, as we talk about the offense, I'm interested in the defense. I think that side of the ball might have some of the most interesting backups that people have been waiting to see. Yeah, 
and 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 you would love to see Darrell Cherry out there a little bit more. Ed Ogeron mentioned him. The defensive yeah. line, the, the, the defensive line rotation is is going to be something to watch this game as you know, Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan, Kalon Chasson all banged up. Uh, Justin Thomas showed well against Texas, but I mean, Sonny, I, I think the defense isn't as much of a concern for me. I know it is for some people after the Texas game, but. Um, I, I think they'll kind of regain some form. That's just that was just a tough matchup. Uh, this this week, it's about playing fundamentally sound and, and just kind of executing. Yeah, I, I, look, I've I've said this. I've said this. You know, I, I mentioned this to Shay uh, when we were talking post game from Texas, and I said that I think that the receivers that LSU had to face against Texas in that passing game was probably going to be the the hardest one for LSU to match up against this year. I know I, I know what Tua does. I know I know how good the Alabama receivers are, but they're not six foot six Colin Johnsons, Colin Johnson. They're not six foot four Brennan Eagles. You know they don't have that size. And that size, when you're tossing out corners that are listed at six one, probably closer to six foot and Stingley. And Fulton, and then you have Kerry Vinson, who's you know five nine, five ten out there. Those are really, really tough matchups. And so um, you know, I, I think the defense is going to bounce back. I think the secondary is going to bounce back. Um, you know, the defensive line rotation, like you mentioned, you have no Logan, you have no Lawrence. So I'm sure Neil Farrell and Braden Fajoko will be your two starters. And then after that, you can kind of start to see. Okay, you have Justin Thomas. Now, who's the next man up? We know it's not Sony Fanua, uh, who has the hand injury. Uh, you know, what about Nelson Jenkins? Does Nelson Jenkins get some reps? Ed Orgeron mentioned him, and uh, I think we're all anxious to see, uh, you know, to see what Jenkins brings to the table now that he's slimmed down. I think he's down about 13 or 14 pounds from what they had him listed at last year as a true freshman. So really anxious to see that. Um, anxious to see Joe Evans get some reps, you know, get some reps in there. Tyler Shelvin played... Uh, I want to say it was. I want. I want to say that uh, I had him at 52 snaps last week. That's a lot of snaps for that big guy, you know. And so, uh, so you want to see Joe Evans be able to get in there and get some reps. You want to see Shelvin not have to go nearly as many, even if Ike is uh, still not ready to go. If they're holding him out for Vanderbilt. So just just anxious to uh, you know anxious to see what that D line rotation is. But I think the defense is going to come out and. You know, I, I think we can we can go ahead and put a wrap on this and throw some predictions out. But I've got one stat for you. Uh, Midwestern State, their quarterback threw for 323 yards against Northwestern State secondary. 323 yards. So I, he I might think, be a baller, though, Sonny. He might. He be might baller. be. He might be. Have you heard you just of? Just didn't uh, do your research. <laughs> have you heard of Zach Perrell? No, who's that? Is that him? That's for him. <laughs> <laughs> so my point being, my point being is I think the LSU secondary is going to have a much easier time this week. I think Dave Aranda, that that he is, you know, not happy about what happened last week, how many yards they gave up against Texas, surrendered over 500 yards. And I, I think they come out and that they really make a statement. Um, you know, I do think there's going to be some sort of a little letdown by LSU. I don't think it's going to be a, a team. I think it's going to be a player here, a player there that messes up some flow, that messes up some plays, you know, once you get past the first string and stuff. So I'm looking at something like LSU 45 to 6. 
Is it my turn? Should I chime in? Okay, I'm thinking uh, I have the spread pulled up. It's at 51 right now. That seems like a lot. I would, I would not, I would not take that if I, you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd stay away from that. I'd be on the northwestern side. I'll go 45 to nothing. 40. I'll, I'll say 45 to three. Uh, maybe their field goal kicker gets them one. Um, I can't see them scoring unless it's a busted play. So. Uh, I'll go 45-3, but let me make my bold prediction. This isn't that bold, but I would think that they're punting a lot, and I would think that they'll keep Stingley back there a good bit. I bet he scores this week. Ooh, That's my like bold that. prediction. I uh, could see that. Yep, yep. Just, uh, you know, he almost broke that one against Georgia Southern, but uh, this week just another kind of step down in, in talent this week. So, yeah, I could see him breaking that one. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with 40 42 to nothing. You know, Ed Ogeron's alma mater. I think he takes the foot off the gas a little bit um, and and just you know cruises. I can I can see Peter Parrish getting a couple couple drives as well. So I think uh, that'll kind of um, you know slow down LSU's offense. I don't know if he's necessarily ready to go out and rip it up uh, just yet. So with that, I think we got our predictions in. We'll come back on the flip side of the break and uh, drop some recruiting news. A couple big prospects on campus as uh, LSU will be able to give them, uh, I think, plenty of attention with this one. Probably going to get out of hand early on. So with that, we're going to take a quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. We'll be right back after this. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button, please. Uh, and, and share the podcast if you like what you're listening to. Uh, one thing that 
you can certainly like is, is LSU's bringing in one of the nation's best uncommitted outside linebackers this weekend, somebody that just reclassified to the 2020 recruiting class and, and didn't have LSU in his, in his initial top five, but Clemson filled up. LSU is going to get their shot to make a move this weekend. Shea, uh, coming in on, on an unofficial visit this weekend is, is a pretty big name. Yeah, I mean, a, a definite big name, a top 50 prospect um, in Donnell Harrison. Uh, we know the story. He reclassified into this 2020 class and then immediately became this um, kind of very coveted pass rusher, edge rusher, stand-up linebacker, um, depending on his, you know, his system. But 6'4", 210. For LSU, he would be the chase-on type. Uh, he's the number four weak side defensive end in the country on the composite. We have him at 24-7 as the number three weak side defensive end, but we at least know this is that he's got a really impressive offer list and he's ranked as a top 10 player in Florida and top 50 nationally. So he's got a chance to late be a really big ad for somebody. And he's got an, uh, an official visit already locked into A&M for October. But when he decommitted from Miami and reclassified, <clears throat> excuse me, when he decommitted and reclassified from the Hurricanes, it became evident that he was serious, that he would leave Miami and would be willing to entertain out-of-state options. And he told me this week, I've never been to Baton Rouge. They've been begging me to come over. I've been talking on the phone with them nonstop. I have an offer. Uh, and they're telling me that they want uh, one more kind of stand-up edge rusher in this class. Uh, we've known that to be the case by chasing um, B.J. Ojolari and Philip Webb and Donnell Harris. So uh, they're trying to close with one more. Harris being a guy who now, guys, he comes in on an unofficial. That means he can come back on an official later. All of a sudden, you go from recruiting him to after this weekend, he sees the facilities, he gets to hang out on a game day. Uh, even if it is, it's kind of, you know, it's a bad opponent, but I think Tiger Stadium is going to be packed. People are going to be there because they want to watch this team and support this team. So I think he'll have a good game day experience, and it'll be interesting moving forward, um, you know, guys. And, and Sonny, I think we're all on the same page, but if they want another edge rusher and <clears throat> look, I don't care how many spots they have left. They'll make it work out. Like if more talented guys want in, we've seen kind of mutual parting of ways and different things. Um, the kid can always decommit. So I think that they have a handful of spots left. I think they want an edge rusher. They want Jacoby and Guillory, um, you know, as a nose tackle. Uh, and they certainly want to still try to find an offensive tackle or two. Uh, but beyond that, you know, people mentioned running back and um, some other positions. Uh, I don't know. You know, safety, I think those are sort of the wait and see spots right now, unless a Zach Evans comes calling. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, one of the questions that uh, that was posed to us after you had put out that Donna Harris was visiting this weekend was, you know, what would LSU do if, uh, you know, if Philip Webb also wanted in? And, uh, you know, and my response to that was like, look, you know, they would love – they would love to get two premium pass rushers, you know. I mean, who wouldn't want a Philip Webb and a Donnell Harris uh, when you run a 3-4, uh, you know, put them both on the edge at outside linebacker. The problem with that is how do you fit those guys in? You know, how do you fit both of them in when you're at 23 right now? Let's say you lose two. I think you're probably going to lose three, you know. Um, you know, maybe even four if you look at history uh, uh, you know, you know, kids dropping off late, things like that, and so and whatnot. But you know, filling the filling those needs without question. Uh, you mentioned Jacoby and Guillory. 
huge, huge priority right there for multiple reasons. One, he's a very good nose tackle. Two, you would beat Alabama head-to-head for another in-state prospect, something that LSU has struggled to do on on the recruiting landscape, um, you know, in, in recent memory, you know, there's been that one or that, or there's two guys that were elusive and that left the state to go to Alabama. Well, if you, uh, you know, if you land Roy, like I think LSU is in a good position to do right now, then that's two defensive linemen that, that Bama really, really wanted. And so combine that with, with the type of season that they're having on the field, and you can just really feel that mo- uh, that that momentum continuing to uh, to build on the recruiting trail, because you know I'm I'm a firm believer in that, and, and I think that the past shows that is that the season that you're having right now, you know, it's not going to necessarily benefit the the recruiting class that you're in right now. It's the next one. You know, when Clemson winning a national championship, it's really benefiting them in this class right here. And, and so I think that's the case when it comes to that. And so, you know, finding that offensive tackle, you know, doing everything that you can to land a Marcus Dumerville. You know, of course, you have Crawford, who's committed to Arkansas, who's still out there. Um, you know, those are your priority needs. Ashad Johnson, the running back out, the four star running back out of Warren Easton. I tweeted a couple of days ago that uh, he's only got nine months left in Louisiana, that he's he's definitely leaving the state. Well, we know LSU was in a good position to land him at one time, but the, the problem becomes where do you fit him in? You know, I said that when they were um, – when Cole Taylor, the tight end out of Colorado, was getting ready to make a decision, is that when I look at this class, I look at two positions, and I'm not a proponent of not taking someone at a position unless it's kicker, punter, or long snapper, just because you don't have to have as many reserves and worry about depth for those positions. But I had tight end and running back circled. Um, you know, I thought that the depth was good enough at tight end. If Ray Parker stayed at tight end, that they didn't have to go out and get a tight end in this class. And I felt the same about running back, but I didn't feel like they could not take someone at both of those positions. Obviously, they've got a commitment from Cole Taylor. They love Cole Taylor. I think he'll be a really good fit in the LSU offense. And then, um, you know, you look at running back, and yes, you know, I, I know that Zach Evans is still out there. Uh, five-star running back, huge, huge talent, but it looks like he's trending elsewhere. And so, if you're not able to land that elite, uh, you know, that elite talent that you look at and you say, okay, this is one of the very best players in the country, then you hate to pass on a very good in-state player. But you know, if you if you are going to pass on one at a position, I think running back would be that position right now. Yeah, and and it just makes sense with what they signed in the 2020 class, and it, it and it appears too that you know in 2021 they're going to be in good position to land um, some talented backs as well. And L.J. Johnson's out there, and he was impressed with the win over uh, over Texas on Saturday night, and he's an LSU legacy. Um, so I, I just feel like um, I think pass rusher, I think offense tackle, and and Guillory, like you like you kind of alluded to, are, are the most important ones, and we'll we'll kind of see kind of how things play out uh, down the line. But, guys, uh, I know uh, that's big for, for Donnell, uh, Donnell Harris to get on campus, but LSU basketball is bringing in uh, quite the uh, official visitor this weekend with Cam Thomas, uh, the five-star shooting guard 
um, out of uh, out of the out of Oak Hill Academy and Boo Williams uh, AAU. Uh, Will Wade uh, continuing to to kind of flex a little bit on the recruiting trail. He got Trenton Watford uh, last late in uh, the recruiting cycle. They already have Jalen Cook committed, and now uh, they're bringing in their second official visitor of the fall uh, in Camp Thomas and somebody um, that that I really really like LSU's chances for. Uh, they picked up a crystal ball prediction um, uh, for him, and, and I'm pr- fairly close to uh, to putting mine in as well. Uh, if, if all things go as planned this weekend for Will Wade, he's got a couple more official visits on tap. Uh, he's got Auburn uh, later this month and UCLA after this, but uh, he's teammates with Bradley Ezawiro, who uh, officially visited earlier in the fall, the, the big man out of California, um, and their high school teammates now, but uh, Shay, it sounds like uh, you're going to be able to boot up if, if this one uh, goes uh, how how uh, it, it's looking right now. Oh, you know me. Even some off-season booting up, I'm all about it. I'm I'm all on the boot up train right now. What's funny is is you throw boot up out there and nobody's even talking about it. that's how good the football team's playing is that nobody's even talking about basketball right now. So that's a good thing. Yep, no doubt, and 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 so we'll we'll be tracking that official visitor for, for LSU basketball on on Go twenty four seven all weekend. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage, recruiting reaction, and more on the game this weekend. But uh, fellas, I think uh, I think that'll do it. I've got some uh, big plans. Going to catch uh, Lorando Johnson on Friday night in Dallas, and and uh, Shay, I'm going to leave you and Sonny uh, uh, lonely uh, covering that uh, Northwestern State uh, highly touted matchup because I'm going to see. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett as well this weekend uh, playing against Duncanville in Dallas. You're doing That's... the Lord's work out there, Billy. Or maybe I am actually uh, going to this game and covering it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Billy. I'm going to give Billy the nod. Oh, I appreciate that. Maybe maybe that's uh, because while Bill I, while Bill gets the nod for uh, just because Shay disrespected my uh, my demons so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be there to see the Jarrell Cherry show. So uh, y'all just stay tuned. <laughs> well, we'll have uh, it covered. Uh, however, you guys work it out, Shay, uh, with that post game story. I'm sure I'll be uh, uh, have my eyes glued to the, the site for that one. Uh, but with that, guys, I think it's uh, time we wrap up this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. The preview, the predictions, and obviously some positive recruiting news for the Tigers. Uh, this weekend, we'll we'll see how it all goes down, um, and if uh, Sonny's uh, somewhat uh, alma mater, kind of you know one year alma mater, I guess, uh, can be competitive with uh, the Tigers on the field. But uh, we'll wrap up this edition of the Go Twenty Four Seven podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.